This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What's up, sisters and friends? Happy Monday, everybody. If you're watching on YouTube, then you can see this is a little different. We are legitimately on the couch, like my own personal couch at the house. We thought this would be so fun just to really invite y'all in. And this is actually my Bible study group and my best girlfriends on the podcast today. Um, the only difference in what we're doing right now and what we always do is that we have microphones. So, <laughs> but we actually decided we should start incorporating this into more of our hangouts because it's kind of hilarious. So we're going to be talking today about um, just challenges that we faced. Now, let me just tell you before we get here, these are my best friends. So already it, in the past five minutes, things have gone chaotic and uh, just our conversation, uh, just for a little backstory, uh, we call ourselves Mary J. Blige. That's our group text name. And like every group text, it starts with kind of a slightly inappropriate story. Um, and Bella, you want to share how we got the name Mary J. Blige? You're the one that just found the videos, right? I think you're okay. the only one that still is uh, ro- you like you tell us what's going on in TikTok. <laughs> I I think that that was Grace who found those videos. Uh, I can't remember. That's what I just said. You can't remember Grace, the videos. I even remember why we named it. You're the one who found all the videos. I know, I know it was me remember it was the Mary J. Blige dead at sixty four videos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so Grace is the person in our friend group that literally sends 100 reels to everyone every day. You're and it's welcome. Like, yes, so your nightlight entertainment is brought to you by Grace Cabo. You got to get down. You got to. You are not one of the girls. <laughs> Wait, is Cabo a girl? She, she is a girl. Are you serious? We did name our girl dog Cabo, okay? It was based off our honeymoon. I did not mean that offensively. I just, whenever you said she's not one of the girls, I was like, wait, I thought she was. So then I was confused. She is one of the girls, but she's not a Mary J. Blige girl. She should not be on this podcast like she is inserting herself. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Okay. Mary J. Blige, let's get back on topic, started because, (laughs) because of the TikTok trend, like where you go to your parents or which camera am I looking at? (laughs) trend where you tell your parent like they're your parents favorite actress singer whoever and you're like oh my gosh and you pretend like you're reading this headline like Mary J. Blige dead at 64 and then you like film their reaction it's really funny um and we did it to your dad with who was it Lester Holt or something let down because we were like oh let's get dad and so dad watches Dateline every single night and we were like oh we'll tell him Lester Holt died and he is pretty old and so I think he was like yeah. how old was he like 
I don't know who's pretty old. And it was just so funny though. So we go to dad, we're like, oh my gosh, Lester Holt dead at 80, whatever we said. And dad was like, who's Lester Holt? I was like, are you kidding me? You literally watch daylight every night. So the, the joke just tanked. Yeah. But the videos were hilarious. It was funny. And well, then we had to like explain. Then we were like, you were like, wait, you know, that's the dateline guy. And then he was like, oh, that's so sad. And we were like, yeah. And then it was Not so funny. awkward. And I was like, oh, he didn't die. It's a TikTok trend. <laughs> so anyways, that's how it started. And then I guess that that became the name well, because, because of that. Every single video. Every single video was Mary J. Blige. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. every parent, that was who they loved was Mary J. Blige. And so it was just funny, like these massive reactions. And there was that one, she was like, no, not Mary. Yeah. Like not she had been Mary. friends with her for forever. And we just realized at <laughs> that moment how loved Mary J. Blige was. And we all aspired to be that loved that if we were to be announced dead, people would have that big of reactions about this news. Uh, but also it kind of came because the guys, all of our husbands had a group text and their name is also slightly inappropriate um, from their own funny inside jokes. And we were like, we were like, okay, well, that's just not cool. If the guys are closer friends than us, if they have a group text name, then we are going to show them. So that's kind of how um, that started. But we've all been friends for a long time. We all kind of like started our friendship off of Sermon Squad, which is our other group text with our husbands where we watch sermons um, together because we all just kind of wanted to grow deeper together and the word we um, a lot of us go to the same church some of us go to different churches but you know when you go to church on Sunday you're sitting you're receiving a message you're worshiping but like we didn't have um, we don't have like Bible class at our church and we don't have small group at our church and so we wanted to create our own small group so that we could just go deeper in conversation and really study the word together which a lot of times we do watch sermons and we do have great talks like that but also a lot of times we just hang out which just the fellowship in and of itself is so good for all of us um so I mentioned we're going to talk about some of our biggest challenges we faced in our 20s um I can kind of kickstart us. I kind of had two that came to mind for me. Um, one on the topic of community was actually finding community. Um, for me, whenever I moved to Nashville, it came so naturally to find friends because um, my friends just were actually doing what I was doing. Like they were on the Winter Jam tour, which was like such a unique time of my life where I was on a tour bus for four months. And so was Lainey. And that's why I met her. And then that, so that was like the world that Steph was in court. This is the same time I met court. Sarah and Gracie lived right beside us. Like it was just proximity. A lot of it was just easy to make friends. We were all single. Um, and I didn't really realize what a gift. I mean, I knew it was such a gift. I didn't realize how big of a gift that was until later, whenever I moved back home. And I think people probably had this expectation. Um, I think I even had this expectation like, oh, moving back home will be easy because it's like where my family lives. I lived here my whole life. But, you know, many of y'all probably know it's like you go back home and it's not what you remember it to be because everything's changed because your life changed and so has everybody else's life. And so I really didn't have, Christian and I were now married. Of course, we're best friends, but we both desired to have friendships. He came from having an amazing guy community in Auburn. Um, I came from having an amazing girl community in Nashville. And then we moved here and we were like, oh my gosh, this is way harder. Plus it was the middle of COVID. So like no one's getting out anyways. Church is like hardly even happening. We get here and we're, it's COVID. Everything's shut down anyways. Um, uh, 
and we just didn't have our people. And I remember it was going on about a year um, where we had tried to form friendships with different people. Like I would host Bible studies and like try to like gather people and whatnot. And um, it just felt like we were trying, but no one else was trying to be friends with us too until you and Luke. And it was like the biggest blessing because y'all were the first people that invited us over um, that we went since living here. And I remember Christian had really been forming a friendship with Luke. They were like um, working out every Saturday morning, which that was not really our style. And so we went to Waffle House, which I did appreciate that. I was like, this is a real one. While our husband's working out, she wants to go to Waffle House. I knew we were going to be friends. Um, So that was really the start of it. And then it was just beautiful. Like all of a sudden, all of y'all were here and um, we um, all were kind of in similar seasons of life and going after the same thing and talk about proximity. Now we actually do all live super close to each other, which is such a gift. But I just remember like right before us becoming good friends, um, I had said to my mom, I was like, this is really hard. Like, I, I just feel like we're never going to make friends. And I'm just kind of coming to the terms of like, I guess that's just how it's going to be. Like, I guess that's just, you know, when you get older, that's just how it is and whatnot. And she was just kind of encouraging me like, yeah, like times change, seasons change. And that is part of it. And growing up, you're just not going to have as many friends. And I just remember being like sad about that and feeling like, okay, I guess that's just it, you know? And she was encouraging, but she was just kind of acknowledging that it is a new season, which is true. So I was like so surprised when all of a sudden I looked up and I had amazing people in my life and God really did bring that community. So I think that really was one of the big challenges in the twenties is that shift from going to like proximity. And I didn't go to college, but I think it's the same way for people who go to college. Like you live with your college roommates, your friends with everybody. You have all these functions together. You have all these things. Like it's just the proximity of doing life so close with friends. Then all of a sudden, like everyone disperses and you're in a totally different season than everyone else. And everyone's doing this and that and their own thing. And then you look at other people and it's like the first time in your life where you're the same age as someone, but in a completely different season than them. Cause up to this point, you're in the same grade as everyone. And then all of a sudden you're just like, you're married with kids and you have a job and you live over there and you're in the city and you're in the country and like everything changes. So I feel like that is true for everyone. Everyone does kind of experience that wake up call. But I think one thing I was pleasantly surprised in is that like, God really does care about those desires in your heart. And he did build us to be in community with people. And uh, man, you see that all throughout scripture, even in Acts, how like the church was so such a community. Like they shared everything they had. They met in each other's homes. They prayed with each other. And that was really what I was desiring. You know, I didn't need like the college bestie that spent the night every night, but I wanted that kind of community. And I feel like God um, saw that prayer, honored that. And I think a lot of y'all were praying the same thing. And God answers a lot of times. I think people spurs through each other, which is really cool. So that was one of the challenges. I'll go to my next challenge later, but anyone else want to speak up about their challenge in their 20s? Spring is a great time to start something new, right? So whether it's cleaning or a new hobby or a new audiobook, a good story is always a great way to start a new journey and Audible has all that you need. I come from a family of great storytellers, so I know Audible is the home of storytelling, which is where I want to be. Audible lets you enjoy all your favorite audio entertainment together in one app. There's always something new to discover or you can rediscover some of your old favorites. Audible has an incredible selection of audiobooks from every genre like bestseller, 
bestsellers, new releases, memoirs, mysteries, and thrillers, business, and more. It is the destination for mind-blowing entertainment with selections of mystery and thrillers that will keep your heart racing. And with next listen recommendations, there's always something irresistible at your fingertips. Plus, members get full access to a huge and growing selection of included audiobooks and audible originals and even podcasts like, well, that's good. So you can download them or stream them anytime, anywhere. Audible members can also pick one title each month to keep from the entire catalog, which is some serious benefits, y'all. The newly included selection of titles makes your Audible membership even more valuable and gives you the chance to discover your next favorite thing. With thousands of titles available, you're definitely going to find something that you love all in one convenient app. So I know some of you are into, you know, thrillers, crime, mystery. And I got to be honest, that's not really been my thing. So I told Bella, okay, Bella, tell me what I could like listen to that wouldn't scare me, but I would like be into it. And she told me about this title called The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. And so I started it and John Luke loved it too. And so I'm just now on the cusp of it. And y'all, let me tell you, it is very entertaining. You do want to listen to see what happened next. So if y'all are into that, Audible is a great place to find those too. New members can try Audible now for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash Woe or just text Woe to 500 500. That's audible, A U D I B L E dot com slash Woe or text Woe to 500 500 to try Audible for free for 30 days. Everyone looks at Mine's me. actually <laughs> really similar to yours. So I'll just kind of <laughs> piggyback off of that, but um, similar and different. So I had a very like non-traditional college experience. I went to a community college initially, lived at home, was working, like trying to save money and just not traditional. Um, the community college I went to, even a lot of the other students there were like in their 30s, 40s, going back to school, like not even really college age kids. Um, So that's how I started out my college experience. And I had a few like close friends from high school that kind of followed over with me and were still my close friends through college. But then, you know, other than those few wasn't, didn't really have very many friends. Um, And then following that, I went to nursing school. My nursing school was like extremely hard. So I was just like so focused on studying and um, like just trying to pass school that I wasn't really worried about or focused, didn't have time to focus on making friends. I made a few friends in nursing school that we were like just bonded from all the hard experiences that we went through together. But um, so I had like no friends in college, which is kind of opposite of like I feel like most people have like such good friends in college and whether it be your roommate or just the community you build. Um, But I had the opposite and then moved here after college and the same thing. Like I was praying so hard for community and um, just like people that people that wanted to live a godly lifestyle, honestly, which is hard to find in college in general. Um, at least it was, I felt like at the school I went to is pretty secular. And so just like finding like-minded people that wanted to live a godly life was hard. Um, but I wanted that. I wanted the same thing. I wanted to be able to pray with people. I wanted to have that community, like so badly desired that. And Bryant too, we both did. Um, and then really when we moved here is when the Lord answered that prayer And a big part of that was like you and Reeves and you weren't even in the picture yet, but Reeves was like, just move here. It's great. Like, I promise you we'll, we'll all be friends. It'll be the best thing ever. And it has, it really has been like, but he just encouraged us like to kind of take a leap of faith and, and we did. And 
The Lord honored that. And I don't know, it's just really sweet to look back on and see, like you said, that the Lord does like care about the little desires of your heart. And that's a pretty big, I mean, to me, it felt very big at the time to have that community. Um, And now I do, and I don't feel like I ever take a second of it for granted because of the season where I didn't have it. And I actually feel like I'm probably a much better friend now than I would have been then because I had never been without it. So now that I have gone without it, I cherish it a lot more. And um, I don't know, maybe I'm just even more responsible yeah. of a friend to like reach out and be intentional than I would have been before. That's good. I think like one thing that is true about friendships that you maybe didn't have to face when you were younger is like when you're younger, because you're in school, I mean, I'm talking like elementary, middle school, high school friends. It's like you don't like to create a friend, it's not that hard because you're all in the same place and like you have recess time or you have like like intentional time to hang out with friends. Um, and you kind of just look around, and you're like, you're cool, let's hang out. But when you're older, like creating friendships actually does take a lot of uh, faith and like risk and commitment and intentionality. You have to go outside of your way to find that. And so I do think that is a good point to make that friendships don't just always happen supernaturally when you're older. They, they really ever do, you know, and takes intentionality and it takes commitment because I think with all of us, I remember there was a time where we all kind of talked about this, where it was like for so long, when you think of your friends, you're still thinking of your friends from your past season. And then all of a sudden it was like, Oh, y'all are my best friends. Like, like we, we do life together. Like this is so sweet. And there is like a shift, but it took time. Like the first couple of times we hung out, it was like the, you know, small talk, getting to know each other. You know, we're like, let's do a dance video, like doing things we know we like connect on. And then all of a sudden you're like, you really have created so many core memories and you become friends and it becomes natural. And so it's just not as natural as it was when you were younger, but it's so much more rich, you know, and it's like true friendship. So it's a good point to make. It's not um, uncommon for create for friendships and creating friendships to be a little bit of a challenge when you're older all right who's next in the challenge zone <laughs> i feel like i'm getting looked at so i'll go you got it freddie <laughs> well mine's gonna be like a total 180 shift from community but i think more than like something that naturally happens in your 20s mine was like a trial that just so happened to happen in my 20s um And it was with my brother, which I mean, all of y'all know, but what was really hard about maybe going through that here was like, y'all weren't there with me when it happened. So when I came here and I remember it was like the first sermon squad and I was like, yeah, I pray for my brother and like Sadie and Christian, I'd known about it, but I think like y'all were like, what happened to your brother? And it was just like, oh, these people don't know my life to the degree of like what I've been through the past year. And that was hard in itself, like having to re-explain and go back and stuff. But when I think about, okay, what am I going to reflect on in my 20s? It's going to be his accident. And like when he, we got that phone call and I was even telling someone this week of just like reliving that story. And now I'm okay with it. But I think for the longest time, it was so hard to talk about. Like no matter how I talked about it, it brought me to tears of just thinking about the phone call of, we don't know if he's, you know, dead or alive. And then the phone call of he's paralyzed and we're going to the hospital right now. And I'm literally 15 hours away. Can't do anything. Have 
my closest friends at the time, like sleeping over at my house and just like crying through the night. And like those memories will never leave me, you know, even like now he's still paralyzed and we're still walking through that. And that will forever be our life of like that happened to us. And, and of course, like it happened to him, but it also happened to us and, and having to walk through that of like, I'm not paralyzed, but my brother is. And how do I understand that? But the challenge in it was my faith, like really wrestling with my faith in that because I kind of remember really believing like, no, God's going to heal my brother. I know without a shadow of a doubt, like he's going to walk again. There was this moment, it happened on a Saturday night and the next morning at church and our pastor literally said like, if you're paralyzed, God wants to make you walk again. And I went up to him afterwards and I was like, you don't know this, but like my brother literally got paralyzed last night. And you just said that. And his eyes got so big and he was like, I did not plan to say that like that. So it was just like, I thought I had these confirmation moments of like, God's going to heal my brother. We saw progress. He was like, I'm just grateful to be alive. Like I know the Lord is giving me a second chance. Like there was so much hope and positivity at the beginning, but then like month three hit, month six hit, a year hit, a year and a half. And it was like, nothing. And that's where the challenge for me came in to go, okay, God, you didn't heal my brother. Like I really thought you would, like, I thought you were speaking to me. I thought you were giving me signs. You're still good though. And that like, even I still wrestle with that. I, I think about that all the time still. And it's like, that's what's deepening in me. Even like two years later is God's still good. God is still in control. And and even though that was so painful and I can't say like, yes, it was God's plan. No, it was God's plan. Like I, I can't argue that with God anymore because it doesn't like do good for me. I just have to go, okay, it happened and God is still good yeah. and he's still faithful. And even though it's changed our lives, like it can still be a marker of finding God. But for so long I did it. And that's kind of what the challenge was, is like, I really doubted God. And it wasn't actually until moving here where I realized how much I doubted God for the last year and a half. Um, there was like another thing that happened and Parker went out of town and I like spent the night at Sadie and Christians because it had literally happened the day before. And it was like very, very personal. And I was so distraught of what was happening in my life. And I was just like, you know, God, you've allowed so much bad to happen in my life. Why are you going to allow one more thing? And I literally, I've talked about this kind of in the the thing that we're coming out with the 90 day challenge a little bit. I alluded to it, but I remember like being at home one morning and just like snot, tears, like screaming, wailing, like I had never done before. I'm just like, why are you letting this happen? And that was so hard for me to get my heart to a place to be that honest with God of like, I really, honestly, I don't like you right now because you're letting so much happen to me. Um, but it was like being that honest allowed my heart to be so soft and for God to go like he's, I was reading through Joel and he spoke over me in that moment. Like 
in your wailing, in your mourning, even now if you return to me. Maybe when you turn and you look, you'll see something good. And I have seen something good from that. But I think I had to really recognize like it's it's okay to be upset with God because when you're really honest, he really does soften your heart to what he can turn into good. Oh, it's so good. I remember I remember you reading, I, I I don't know if it was when you were staying the night with us or whenever we were all together and you read that in Joel and you were like, listen to this verse. This is so cool. And I don't know that you'd ever read it before or noted it and I hadn't either. And I was thinking about in our life that year, um, because we had been through some just really hard things, which created doubt in our hearts, like I had never faced before. And it challenged me to get that honest with God. And yeah, it, it took my faith to a whole nother level. And I think that like, you know, for some people listening, maybe, you know, you've had a traumatic situation happen when you were younger and that caused you to have to really go through that in your faith. But a lot of people, it does kind of hit in their twenties because it's like the first time you're not under your parents' roof. And like your faith isn't just like your family's faith. You're experiencing things personally that are happening to you that you have to find how you personally find relationship with God in and through those things. And so it's like your faith either deepens significantly or you lose your faith. A lot of people lose their faith in their 20s. A lot of people anchor their faith in their 20s. And so I think it is a time to like do the hard work and ask the hard questions talk through it with your friends, like the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I think even you just sharing that hope, this is like speaking to people listening that even if you're walking through something really hard and you feel like the people in your life don't understand, um, try to bring them into it. Because although we didn't understand, we learned. And in the best way we could, we're there. Um, There's so many ways you know, even when you tell them like, I wish I could have been there more. I wish I would have understood more. You're never going to understand fully what the other person's walking through, but trying to bring them in, I think goes a really long way. Sure. And I think to that point of like y'all not being there when it happened, I had to be really vulnerable again. And, and that was hard for me, but it was like, okay, no, these are my people now. So they need to be let in. And so that was like an internal challenge of it's time to let them in, even though they weren't there in the moment, like they can be there from here on out. It's good. That's so good. Bella, you want to go? Yeah. Which I'll say like mine kind of like piggybacks off of that, but like, I feel like my biggest challenge and I won't go into too much detail, but just like learning how to walk through challenges with friends has been like so hard, just figuring out like when to be honest, how to be honest, like how to talk through things and not even just with my own self, but like other friends going through situations one of my closest friends went through a really hard thing this summer and like learning how to be a good friend when like it's really like there's no words you can say there's nothing you can do to like be the best friend but it's just hard so I like that would be mine it's good that is so true it's like you're going through such real heart break some of some people for the first time and it's navigating how to be there and I will say one of my biggest regrets and um, I think this is, yeah, this is before I was 20, was in high school, one of my best friends went through something extremely traumatic, and I did not know how to be there for her. And because I was insecure about how to be there from her, for her, I more so shied away from it. And it really deeply hurt her that I did not lean in with her because she was, she had to go through it, you know? And um, I did not go there like I should have with her because it 
it intimidated me. It scared me. I didn't know how. I was awkward. I was insecure. And I regret that so, so much. And um, really thought I would never have a moment to like redeem that. Um, it's just kind of been a regret because it really hurt our friendship a lot. Well, then um, more so recently, there's been another thing that happened in this friend's life. And um, I've tried so hard to just lean in with her. And it, again, it's like same insecurity of I don't know what to say. Um, same, you know, uncomfortability of like, what if I say the wrong thing? But what I've realized is, you know, really, truly just being there is the biggest thing, like showing up, leaning in, trying to listen, trying to understand, just making yourself available in every way possible. And so I've been thinking this time, it's like, she has to go through this again. I'm going to like put myself in it with her as much as I possibly can. And so, you know, that's such a good, that's such a good point, Bella. Like that is really hard whenever you're older to be like, I don't know what to say. Like the, the awkwardness inside of you doesn't really go away, but like the maturity should rise up and go, even though I feel uncomfortable, I'll lean in, you know? I had a friend ask me one time in the midst of my hardship, she said, how can I be a good friend to you right now? And that like made me cry automatically because I was like, oh, that I, one, I just needed you to say that, but two, it gave me the freedom to be like, I just need you to pray for me or I just need you to like listen as I cry, like whatever. And so I think that's a good question too. Like how can you be a good friend to that person? Just ask them what they need. That's so good. Lydia, Elise, the sisters. This is kind of funny. I just have to say this because right before Lydia is like, I don't know what my biggest challenge was. And Elise is like, I'll remind you because (laughs) I saw you go through it, girl, which is the beauty of sisterhood. Yeah. I can go, I guess. Um, yeah, that is true. Elise was the one who was, <laughs> she saw me at the worst. Um, yeah, and I think mine is kind of also just totally different than everything everyone has just said. But I I do relate to everything everyone said because I think that those are, we all have like similar challenges in different ways. Um, but yeah, what Elise reminded me, which I haven't forgotten, but <laughs> I think it is true though that my biggest challenge has been in my twenties going from, I mean, going from death to life, which like, that sounds like, you know, it's because like going from one person to a completely different person and then learning to like walk in that and like the newness of it. Um, and I think so because I gave my life to the Lord when I was 19, you know? Um, and then a few months later I turned 20. And so it's like, here I am, I'm surrendered. And so I'm starting a new decade, like a new life. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm starting a new life. And, um, and I've talked about it before because I truly do think like in that moment when I was 19, like my life did change immediately. But I think like believing that change doesn't happen immediately, if that makes sense, you know? And, um, and also because like, you're not immediately perfect after that. Like you are a new creation, but I was still struggling. Like I still struggle with like similar, like the same sins and like totally, it was totally different than before, but like, I'm like, okay, how do I walk in this newness? And, um, and then I think that challenge led into a bunch of other challenges even more, like as I continued to grow. Um, so that was in 2020 and I met Reeves in 2020, which is my husband now. And we were friends for a year before anything. And, um, and so I was learning to walk in newness. I had met, I had met this man and then I had met friends. Like I had different friends cause that was huge too, was the community. Cause it is totally different. Like from one lifestyle to another is like totally, totally different. And so that was definitely hard. But I think the biggest challenge that came from that challenge of learning to walk in the newness was learning to walk in a relationship in the newness 
you know? And so when I first started dating Reeves, I realized, wait a second, like I've never been loved like this. Like I've never like experienced this kind of like a relationship that's actually truly based around the Lord, you know? And, and so we like, I mean, I brought some struggles into our relationship, um, not like intentionally, but of course, like I was walking in newness, but there were things that I couldn't realize that needed to continue to shift until I was in that situation, you know? And so like walking with Reeves, I remember we were sitting at a restaurant and this is probably like six months into the relationship. And we're, we were sitting at Athena in Monroe and, and I was like crying and I was like, I just don't understand like why I can't, like, I couldn't, I was like, I don't know how to accept your apology because like before, like apologies didn't mean anything. And like, you know, like before, like, it wasn't really like communication wasn't what fixed things like in like impurities, what fixed things. And like, so I was realizing like, I have all these issues that I still haven't figured out. And like the Lord is so kind to like, he was with me and Reeves in that, you know, like, cause of course it'd be ideal to fix those things before I was even in the relationship, but like the Lord was still in that with us. And like he and Reeves was like, so understanding too, because I could be honest, like I've never been loved like this. Like, I don't know how to be loved like this and I've never loved correctly. And so like, just figuring that out together was difficult, but it's been such a good thing. Um, and that was like, and it's been good because Reeves from the beginning was like communication, communication. And I was like, shut down, shut down. <laughs> and like, you know, you can't do that. And so even still, like, I still like, we can recognize like, I'm like, okay, well, this is from the past. Like, this is something that's coming into my mind, or this is something that's like, because of a past relationship. And it's like, and it's, it's beautiful too, to see though, in that like walking in the newness, but God has so much grace, even when it's like, I'm like, I should already be past this. Like I shouldn't already, like, I shouldn't still have this thing pop up, you know, like it shouldn't still like cause like me to be insecure, but then it's like, God still has grace for that. And like, and I think that's something I'm learning too, is like, there are things that are like from the past, but the Lord wants to heal those things, you know? And like, there are like things that are hard to move forward with, but the Lord like is so kind to want to continue to heal that even despite the fact that like, yes, I've been married for a year now. And like, I'm in my mind, I can, I think it's the enemy who like wants me to think like, that's like, you should, that's four years ago. Like that's five years ago. That's, that's eight years ago. Like you should be past that. And I'm like, I know, but like the Lord's going to get me through it and it's in his perfect timing, you know? And, um, and so I think that's been probably the biggest challenge. And it's just like, so it's, it's one challenge that leads to another challenge leads to another. And I think it's how all challenges kind of work, but like to see the Lord's grace and like goodness through it all. And like yesterday I was listening to that song. I'm sure you'll all listen to it. The one time God or on time God one time on time God. And I was like, thank God. He's not a one time. No, he's not a one time. He's an on time, but I was listening to it and I'm like, it still just gets me emotional because I'm like, his timing is truly so perfect and everything. And that includes like in the healing of like anything, like everything is so intentional to like show you his goodness because like even, and of course, like I said, it'd be ideal to have been healed, but like, like, or to have been like past things, but even to see like the goodness of like my husband in like going through it with me was like on time, you know, yeah. to see a man, who can love through, I don't know, That's I guess so that, yeah. I love that. No, I love what you're saying. And I think it's like Bible verses that at one point just seem like, oh, that's a good Bible verse that starts to actually play out in your life. And you realize this is not just like a good saying. This is not just like a good idea. This is a transformative 
um, word and it's transforming my life. And so to go from dead to life, that's not easy. Like that's miraculous. And also to walk in a new self and not the old self and deny my flesh and walk in the spirit and receive new mercies every single morning, because that means every day I'm going to mess up and go from grace to grace and kindness that leads you to repentance. Like these thoughts that are just like, that's a good thought. When you work them out in your life, it's messy because it's miraculous. It's right. transformative. And so I think, yes, that is something you hit in your 20s when you're just really, especially if you're anger and faith, you're starting to realize like this book is not just things I've memorized for Bible class. It's not just things my parents said as good advice. It's things that truly make you live a life that's like pursuing um Jesus and pursuing the path of life, which is not like your natural path based off of a life of past sin. You know, the path of righteousness is something that like only the Lord can do. If you can hear a baby crying in the background, <laughs> that's Grace's sweet girl. Um, but that's the beauty of having a podcast at the house. We're gonna we're gonna have Cabo barking. We're gonna have delivery people showing up. We're gonna have babies crying. If Honey was here, she would be blowing a duck call, which is why we had to make her go over to her grandma's house because she was blowing a duck call. Okay, we had to take a slight break, uh, baby check. And in the meantime, we were singing songs. So we're taking it back to seriousness. Elise, what was the biggest challenge <laughs> of your life? I'm like, okay, bring it back. In your 20s? Okay, um, so for me, I think about my 20s and I actually got married when I was 20. So it feels like so much has happened since then. And I just think back on when we got married and like looking at our future and planning out what that would look like and now looking at where we're at and how different it looks than what I expected. So I guess when I think about it, there's been different seasons in this time in these seven years that I've been in my 20s. Um, but it kind of goes back to just surrendering my plan and giving it over to God's plan for my life. Um, I feel like part of my challenge came from like a waiting season. Um, but now more than just a waiting season, it's um, a season of like faith and of stepping out of my comfort zone and taking a leap of faith um, and trusting God and his plan versus my plan. Um, so recently I just had um, our second baby. And, and can I just say when she says recently two weeks ago, and look at this girl, if you're listening on podcast, head on over to YouTube and check this girl out. She's fully married with two kids, but you looking good. <laughs> um, so I feel like it's kind of transitioned because we did have a waiting season of having our first daughter, Everly, um, where we didn't get pregnant easily. And I remember right before we had Everly, we were taking a walk like a few weeks before we had her. And my husband and I talked about what we thought the future was going to look like for our lives. Like we're going to have a child and we're going to do this and that. And then everything that we had planned is like completely different now, which is totally okay. But um, some of y'all were talking about faith and I feel like that's been very much tested, which is actually what we ended up naming our daughter. Her um, name is Faith. Um, but so our second daughter, anyways, to tie all this together, I feel like we had Everly and then um, we kind of just figured that we'd always have problems having children and that it would take a longer time. And then <laughs> we actually got pregnant like uh, she was, I believe, like six months old and we found out we were pregnant again. And we had no clue that was going to happen, um, which is a miracle. And it's beautiful. Like, it's so cool how God is so, you know, 
it's his timing ultimately. We've learned that we cannot plan anything and that his timing is so much greater. But through that, when we were trying to decide what to name her, um, the only name that felt right was Faith. And little did we know how much that was going to be played into her story like immediately. Um, And even just in our lives this year, like I feel like our lives this year has been all about faith because when I found out that I was pregnant again, you know, my daughter's only six months old and I'm like, how am I going to do this with a 14 month age gap? And then um, I was working, I was a teacher at the time. And then we decided, I just felt like God was calling me to stay home. So that took a leap of faith to say, I'm going to step away from my job and stay home with my girls financially. And just like, how am I going to help out? And then my husband has recently decided to take another path for his job. So that took another leap of faith. (laughs) Um, And so it's just these repeated leaps of faith um, leading up to having faith. Um, Before I go into that, um, I had a friend that when we were talking about all this, like how hard it, sometimes it is to have faith because it's easy to say I have faith until it's tested. And then yeah. it's like, okay, do you actually have faith? Yeah. Like you can say it all day, but when you actually get down to the point where you either are going to have faith or you're going to just crumble, it's like, okay, well, is it real? Um, and so she sent me this, she heard a sermon and a preacher was talking about, there's this animal that's in the zoo And I was like, where is this going? We're talking about this animal in the zoo. And um, I can't remember what the animal is called. And maybe this is completely wrong. But I think this was what she said, um, that this animal can jump like 10 feet high. um, But in the zoo, they put it behind a um, fence that's only five feet high. Because the animal won't jump somewhere that it doesn't know where it's going to land. And... That hit me so hard because a lot of times you're like, okay, like I'll take the leap, I'll take the jump, but I just want to know how this is going to play out. Like I want to know, you know, what's going to happen next? Is the job going to work? Are we going to be financially stable? Am I going to be able to manage two kids that are 14 months apart? Um, But that's not real faith. You know, if you can see where you're going to land, then is that actually a leap? And is that actually true faith? And so um, I heard that before I had my daughter. And then, you know, I went in to have my daughter two weeks ago two and a half weeks ago, and we thought everything was going to be normal. I mean, I had a little bit of some issues with like my fluid. um, But as soon as we had her, they gave her to me. And then they realized that something was wrong pretty fast. So what turned into this beautiful moment, not that it wasn't beautiful anymore, but it turned scary really quickly. Um, They were like, we need to take her. We have to go check on her. Her lungs were not okay. She swallowed too much fluid. Then it turned into having to have a tube in her chest. And it turned into having... um, her heart got, you know, it was swollen. Just a lot went on really fast. And in that moment, we're like, okay, God, you know, this, her name is Faith and you were testing our faith. And we're about to have to decide, are we going to step into that faith and really, you know, trust you? Or are we going to turn to fear? Um, and I remember just sitting there with my husband and we, um, we said, I said, you know what, let's just talk about how faithful God's been in the past already. And so we talked about getting married. We talked about the jobs we've been given. We talked about how God did give us everything. We didn't even know if we'd have children. Now here we are having a second one that we didn't even have to try for after going through that struggle. And we were like, you know what? We're going to just choose to trust you because when have you failed us? And maybe it didn't look exactly like we wanted um, every single moment. Maybe we didn't want to have a child go into the NICU and have to see her in pain and be away from my other daughter. Maybe we didn't want these things, but it was it was his plan and it was beautiful. And the more we thought about it, her name is Faith Aaliyah Albritton. And her middle name means God is answered. And so when we were sitting there, we were talking about that and we we're like, 
the cool thing about even her name that we didn't plan was first was faith, then came Aaliyah. Faith came first, then Aaliyah means God has answered. Um, first, we had to have faith to see that God has already answered our prayers. Um, not that our prayer, you know, God answering our prayers is going to look exactly like we, we want, but when we have faith, we can see the way that He's answering is good, yeah. and we can see that He is worthy of that. And so it was even cool that like her name, like the meaning of it, like let's have this faith and then we're going to see these prayers that are going to be answered however God sees fit. And so I feel like the challenge just has been um, to really like show that my faith is like real or I don't even know how to word it, I guess. I guess it's just to show that like God's plan is better for my life than anything that I could ever plan. And whatever that may look like in the waiting, in the answer to the prayers before you even expect them or in the, you know, living in the moment of being tested of your faith. It's good. Well, it is true. Like in your 20s, you you start to develop all these plans for your life, you know, whether you think, okay, I'm going to graduate college and then I'm going to get this job and then I'm hopefully going to get married or engaged and then we'll plan our wedding and blah, blah, blah. And like all of us have experienced um, making a plan and the plan not yeah. <laughs> going yeah. according to your plan. But that's what, like Proverbs 3 is like, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean on your own understanding, all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. But it's like His path that He's making straight. And you're leaning not on your own understanding, but on His on His plan for your life, knowing that and trusting that it's better than your own. And um, Jackie Hill Perry was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and she said something so good. She said, Jesus said God is good and he's not a liar. So I have to trust he's good. And every time I read the word, my lens has to be he's good. So even when you're reading the word and you get to the bad stuff and where it looks like he's not being faithful to his word, because there's going to be a minute in there that you're like, wait, God, are you really doing what you said you're going to do? I mean, I'm sure the Israelites felt that for 40 years wandering around, but like, then you see, okay, you were faithful the whole time and you are good. So trying to like challenge yourself, even reading the word that he's good despite the bad that they go through. But once again, goes back to that whole idea of like scriptures that sounded good. And then they're very challenging. Like, oh, faith is like the confidence and the things that we hope for and the assurance of things that we don't see. Then you're like, hold up. That's being confident in something I just hope for and assured in something I cannot see. I love that zoo analogy. That's so good because it's true. It's like I have to have faith for what I can't see, not for the things that I can. Um Man, this is so good. Such good conversation. I feel like lost in hearing what everyone's saying, just like pondering that and thinking about those things. Because I'm sure as you're listening, you can think about a time that you had to have faith for something, that you went through something traumatic, that you went from death to life. Maybe you're walking that season right now that you've been looking for community, that you're walking with a friend who's going through something hard. Um, I said I was going to share one other challenging thing, and this is not like a specific challenge that I went through, like one thing, but I was thinking about just like overarching theme. And I'm only 26. Um, a lot of us are in early 20s, some in later 20s. So we still... This this is subject to change. Hit us when we're 30. We might have we might have some more challenges we learned in our 20s. Um, I'm sure we will because that's life. But something that I think has been a thread through at least my 20s, I'd be interested to know for y'all, is just learning to be confident in like God 
inside of me, like the Holy Spirit leading me, like truly being confident in me as a person. I think whenever I was like in high school, when I thought of confidence, it was more self-confidence driven of like, I want to be confident in what I look like or what I appear to be or confident in just, you know, performance or whatever. But in my twenties, the confidence that I desire is so much deeper of like confidence in like decisions that I'm making, confident in the person that I really am, the mom that I am, the wife that I am, the leader that I am and that's been really hard because I think for so long I like always leaned on my mom or like a mentor or somebody else like helping me steer life and all of a sudden like you really realize like obviously God's in charge of my life but I'm responsible for my life like I have to make good decisions for my life if I want to have a good life mm-hmm. and I think that um you know one of y'all were talking about um Oh, you were talking about discernment of like, you thought you had, you thought God told you he was going to do it. And then he, he did it in a different way. It's not what you expected. And you're like, what in the world? I thought I had the signs. And I think like whenever I was younger, there was a couple of things that I went through like 2021, 19, 2021, where I just had bad discernment and I just kind of blew a couple situations. Like, and I think I lived in like the insecurity for a couple of years that I don't know how to make the right decision for myself. Cause I thought, like, I thought that the signs were saying go this way and I was wrong, you know? And I think that sometimes people in their twenties can think they blew it. Like, oh, I blew it, you know, or I can't trust myself. I can't trust my judgment. And I remember like going to counseling during that time and my counselor like said to me, and I actually had her on the podcast and we talked about this. She was like, Sadie, you have good discernment because God is inside of you and people misled you and you fell into that, but you knew, you know, that what was right and what was wrong. And it just like reaffirmed me that the spirit of the living God is inside of me. Like he is leading me. Um, and I don't know, something about that was just like so helpful and encouraging. And I've realized that that's really impacted a lot of my decisions in twenties of like being confident that I was marrying Christian, like the right person and like not second guessing during the whole engagement of, am I doing the right thing? Am I not? Cause that would have been me in the past or like being a mom. I realized real quickly, like you have to make so many decisions and, um, it's on you. Like you decide what formula you're using. You decide if you're breastfeeding or not. You decide if your kids are going to, you know, be in bed by seven or if they're going to stay up late and you decide if they get an iPad or not and you decide all these things. And it's like, you have to be confident in that you hear the voice of the Lord. You have to be confident that you're being led um, by him, that you're not leaning on your own understanding, that you can trust him and his guidance in your life. And I don't know if, I don't think John Mark Comer's podcast will be out by the time I just recorded it, but I am just going to tease it because he said something so good. And he said, um, discipleship, he said, a disciple is not a verb. It's actually a noun. And he said, it's such a good thing because when we think of being a disciple as a verb, then we think we have to be discipled and it's depending on someone else discipling us. So it's depending on a pastor, a mentor, a parent. But when you switch it and you realize that it's a noun, it's who you are, it's who you're not. You're either a disciple of Jesus or you're not. Then you take responsibility on yourself that I can really only truly be discipled by Jesus as a rabbi, as a teacher. And so what I've realized in my life, I think is I've gone from in earlier years, being a disciple as a verb, like I felt I need to be discipled by someone in my life to make the right decision to now being 
I am a disciple of Jesus. He helps me make the right decisions and leads me down a good path for my life. And not that I still don't learn from so many mentors and not that I still don't want to learn from pastors and parents and friends and all of that. I'm always eager to learn. Mm -hmm. I can trust, though, that God is inside of me and I can make good decisions for my life. And that's been like a huge step for me. I wanted to say, too, I think it's really sweet to look at. You know, we're talking about these challenges in our lives, but it's when we go through the challenges, the crushing and the pressing Mm -hmm. and those hard times that our confidence is built up when we have to rely on Christ because it's either that or what freak out and panic. Like, what does that do anybody any good? You know, so it's actually the difficult times, like the challenges that builds our confidence for the future. And then the next time we have a challenge, like you said, Elise, it's faith after faith after faith, like all these decisions. But each time that you stepped into that faith, then you were able to step into it easier the next time because you're like, okay, I've seen that you're good. I've seen that you're good. I'm going to trust again. I'm going to trust again. And it's never failed you. So it's just sweet to see that like, even in the times when we really do feel like, okay, this is hard. Like, how am I going to do this? It's so important to look back and remember how God has been faithful because that does build our confidence to be able to trust Him for the next season. That's so true. There's actually something called survivor's confidence. Um, It's like, I was reading about this one time because like Bethany Hamilton, for instance, she was attacked by a shark, but then she like lives her life in the water. And you're like, how do you do that? Like you were attacked by a shark and now you, but a lot of people, because they survived the thing they were afraid of, they're no longer afraid of it. So it's like, I was bitten by a shark and I'm still alive. So I'm going to go back in the water because I made it, you know? And not that she didn't have to go through so much fear of getting back in the water. There was a testing of her faith. There was a gaining and regaining confidence. It's like relearning how to swim because she now has a new challenge and a completely different way of walking. And so it will challenge you. It will shape you. It might even reshape you in some ways, but there's an added confidence that you have knowing I survived it. I got through it, you know? I think going back to your like discernment thought, I was thinking about this when you were talking. It's almost like when you're first taking those steps of like, how do I have discernment? We kind of expect discernment to be like the whole food, if you will. But the Lord does start us off on like the milk. Like it's a really small thing to discern. And he's saying, okay, let me in on this so that you start building that confidence. Because he's not going to ask you to like discern something that's super life altering and like, you know, your first couple of weeks, if you will, of knowing the Lord, it's like, he's going to speak to you where you are. He's not going to ask you to do something to make a decision that he knows you're, you're not going to have the right community to speak into the right, you know, understanding of scripture. I think there's a lot of things that we have to do to steward our ability to have right discernment and it's the right people. Like don't go to the people that are going to tell you what you want to hear. If people are telling you what you don't want to hear, like take that into consideration and don't just blow it off. Like I remember when we wanted to move here, we had people tell us like, that's probably not the smartest thing to do. And there were people we trusted and we're like, okay, but we really feel like we need to be here. So what does that mean? And we took our time. Like we didn't jump to one or the other. And so even sometimes the right people will tell you the wrong things. 
So it's always going back to the Lord and going, okay, what are, what are you saying? Like, I'm going to fast and I'm going to pray about this because even if it's not that important, like it's a baby step of obedience. And then I'm going to have that confidence to know, like when I make the big decision on who am I going to marry, I'm not questioning it when I'm like engaged. Yeah. Yeah, That's good. Um, I also think that like going off of that too, is like the true confidence in the Lord. Like I feel like is totally it's like a polar opposite of confidence in like the world and what like the world teaches you confidence should be, you know, because I feel like from like in my experience, it's like when I truly have confidence in the Lord, it actually causes me to have way more humility than I would have otherwise. Like I'm not, like you said, like I'm not confident in just myself. Like actually it's the total opposite. Like I'm confident because I know my God, like I know who he is and I know what he says. And so it's like, I don't have to walk in confidence because I'm good enough. I can walk in confidence because I know that he is and like he goes before me. And so, and that's like been huge with my job is like, I walked, I walked into a job where I'm like, oh my goodness, like I'm not capable of this. Like, how am I supposed to lead others? Like, and then it's like, now I can walk in confidence though, because it's not about me. Like, and I have faith and like trust in my God that like, I mean, not that I can just do whatever and like be crazy, like willy nilly. Like I can make every choice, like not like, but it's like, I can trust that like, I can't, I can't mess up his plan. Like ultimately, cause it's even like you said, like, and I'm like, I have that, like when I have made the wrong decision, like it still led me to here, you know? And so it's like, when you're truly walking with the Lord, like we can be humble and knowing like he's got our back. Like we don't have to walk in like, is this right? Is this wrong? Am I going to ruin the rest of my life? Like, no, we're still going to get to the point where he wants us to get to because like, that's what it looks like walking with Jesus. Like repent and you get back up. You say, God, whoops, missed it. You know, and he's like, like, come on. Yeah. Come back on. Try again. Like, that's like, that's what it's like walking with him. So it's like opposite of the world. We don't have to rely on ourselves. We get to rely on him. Great. This is so good. This is so rich. I'm like, I hope everyone is leaning in and really listening to this. I think about Hebrews 10, 35. Um, so then do not forget your confident trust in the Lord for it will be richly rewarded. And it it will be so richly rewarded when you get to trust him because the pressure's off of you. And yeah, I love that you said that, Freddie, that even the like good people with good intentions can sometimes steer you in the wrong direction because they don't, they, you know, might not have felt called like you did, you know, God's doing something in their life. God's doing something. That doesn't mean they're wrong or bad for saying it, but you got to be responsible for what God told you. And I think that was the thing in the, those earlier years that I would just, if a mentor said it, that was it. But it's like, mentor does not trump Jesus. Jesus trump mentor. I'm discipled by rabbi, Jesus, teacher, not just by mentor, friend, family, because they might, you know, and for me, what I used to do is I would like feel like, okay, this is what I heard the Lord say. What do you think I should do? And not like, this is what I heard the Lord say. This is what I need to do. Help me have the faith to do it. Help me walk through it in the right way. Um, Okay, we're definitely going to have to have a part two because this is so good. And we have gone so far um, into so many different conversations. But um, thank you all for sharing the challenges of the 20s and speaking so much truth and so much wisdom. I'm so grateful to be surrounded by all of you in my life. It's a true, true gift. And thank you all for 
sharing all of our lives with all of them because we really do desire to be sisters and friends. That's why this podcast is called Sisters and Friends. It's to, you know, laugh together, joke together, but also like talk about the real stuff and be vulnerable and help each other out in life. So um, if you're longing for a community, hopefully today we could be your community and help steer you um, in the right direction and draw you closer to God. We love you guys. And if you want more videos like this, send in some um, requests on topics, ideas that you all want to hear us talk about, and we'd love to discuss them. <laughs> it was only fitting. <laughs>